I've only got a few minutes this morning, I'm going to, three separate sections, and I just want to tell you a few stories. And um, firstly, though, I just want to say congratulations to my brother and sister-in-law. Um, they had a baby at 2.30 a.m. this morning, and I think they're watching on the live stream. So, hey, guys, uh, congratulations. And I'm looking forward to meeting Austin a bit later today, and, and I know there's some little cousins here that are keen as well. Um, Anyway, firstly, I'm going to throw back to a story. I think it was about 23 years ago. Um, I, was about, about, I was about 12 years old. And whether you believe it or not, I used to be... I know Greg would probably believe it over there, Greg Hingston. I used to be a pretty spectacular basketball player. Didn't I, Greg? Still are? Oh, I don't know about that. You may, you may believe me or you may not. That's up to you. Anyway, 23 years ago, I'm, I'm 12 years old and I'm playing for Tasmania in the Under-14 National Championships up on the Gold Coast. And that's pretty exciting for a, for a 12-year-old. And I recall the first day of the tournament, and um, one of the local TV stations actually sent a, sent a crew to, to come to the tournament, and, and they wanted to do a news story for the, for the evening news that night. And they picked two players in the entire tournament to interview for the, for the news on the Gold Coast that night. And I was one of them. Now, if I, was, if I told you that they picked me because I was the best player in the tournament... That's what I like to believe. I'd actually be lying, though. It wasn't because I was the best player in the tournament. I wonder if you can guess, guess what it was. Anyway, hey! Jeez, you jumped to that conclusion pretty well. Pretty quickly. The other guy was the tallest guy in the tournament. And believe it or not... Yeah, anyway. I can laugh at it now, but in many respects, the joke was actually on me. The joke was on me back then. And um, it's not fun when the joke's on you, is it? I remember going through a, a tough period during high school when the joke was on me for a while there. I was trying to hang out with the cool kids, um, and I can sure, I'm sure you can probably remember them for yourself, the cool kids. Maybe for any kids here this morning, because I know we've got kids here this morning, maybe you're trying to hang out with the cool kids too. And maybe they're not really a friend though. Maybe they're picking on you, maybe they're bullying you, but you're trying to hang out with them because they're the cool kids well, you know, I went through a really rough patch there in high school. I was, being, I was being picked on. I was the little kid. I was the little kid. I was just trying to fit in with the cool crowd, you know, the cool kids. I was acting strong, you know, the strength father in class. I was, I was a kid, but I was acting strong. But behind closed doors, I wasn't real strong at all. I was pretty weak. Um, one day, I, I still remember it to this day, one day I was sitting in my, in my bedroom and I was actually crying um, going through this, this tough time and and um, having a bit of a cry, and, and uh, my dad walked in, and Dad's here today, and um, I'll never forget, Dad sort of sat down, and, and he, you know, didn't have a lot to say, but he cried, and um, yeah, my dad sat down there, and my dad, you know, strong dad, um, solid, reliable, dependent, dads, dads are everything, but dad, dad showed me he was weak as well, Dad cried with me. He couldn't fix it, but he joined, joined in with my weakness. And I'll never forget that. Fast forward um, 20 years to, to just a few weeks ago, and um, I found myself doing the same thing. I think there might be a photo that goes up on the screen. We, um, as a family, had to say goodbye to Buddy. Buddy was our, our family pet of 13 years. He was, he was the first child in the family. And dogs have a special place in your heart, don't they? And um, he was around before the kids. 
came on the scene and so Buddy is all, all the kids knew in their life as well and we had to say goodbye to Buddy just a few weeks ago and, and just like my dad did all those years ago for me, I found myself sitting on the bed with my son and in his weakness um, crying with him and that was, that was really tough for us as a family. So this, the strength fathering requires, now I don't, I don't want to actually talk about strength today, I want to talk about our weakness and I um, want to share with you about our weakness. He was 20, she was 18, two young church-going folk. Our eyes met, there was energy, a connection even. Oh, she's all right, we thought. Oh, he is so handsome. <laughs> In fact, quite possibly the perfect specimen of a man. Wow, pretty sure that was what you were thinking, wasn't it, Beck? Anyway, first comes love, then comes marriage, and I think you know the rest. You know, we always talked about, Beck and I always talked about having three or four kids and, um, and also having them while we were young. I just wish someone had told us how much hard work it was going to be. <laughs> Sorry. Andrew, you laugh, you've got four kids, you could have given us a heads up. <laughs> anyway, everything seemed perfect, you know. Um, a little boy, we named him Zach, and um, he was the first grandson on either side of the family, so Zach got a lot of attention, and we got a lot of attention, that was cool. I remember, I think it was maybe the f- third or fourth day in the hospital, and the, the doc was doing a, a routine, a routine checkup, and um, he noticed something was wrong with Zach's right eye and referred us to go to the eye hospital just down the road from the, the general. Have you ever experienced that feeling when your heart sinks? You know, deep down, you feel it deep down in your stomach, don't you? Well, Zach was diagnosed with a, what's called a congenital cataract, hereditary, a cataract. So it's common in more so the third world or in older people, with like a, a filter over your lens and he couldn't see out that eye. You know, this wasn't meant to happen. I think we were told it was one in 17,000 births or something like that. We were given a few options. Um, Leave it and Zach would eventually lose sight in that eye, he'd go blind. Or take him to the Royal Children's in Melbourne as um, a six or seven week old child, baby, and and have an operation where they would actually have to remove the lens because the cataract's grown over the lens. But that was going to be the easy bit, they told us, the operation. After that, Zach would have to wear a, a contact lens as a, you know, as a baby. Um, he'd, we, he'd then have to wear a patch over his good eye every single day for half the day until about the age of eight. Those of you who are parents, can you imagine how challenging that is to stick a patch over your child's good eye so that they can only see out an eye where they they have quite poor vision every day. Not just a baby, but then a toddler and through the age of about eight, so he's having to go to school. The docs told us we should only head down this direction if we were fully committed to doing this for seven or eight years. And even if we did, they told us that statistically, 50% of the time, it would pretty much fail. Around 40% of the time, he would end up having average sight out of that eye, so... What that meant, the way they explained it to us, was that if you're looking at the eye chart at the, at, the doc, at, the, at the doctor there, you might be able to see the biggest letter, and that's it on the chart. 
and around 10% or less uh, of the time there would be a good result. Whew. As, a, as a man and as a father, here I was at a time with my first child thinking, you know, this is perfect, and um, I, w- I was weak because there was, there was nothing I could do in, in my own strength to, as a man to fix, to fix the situation, to fix my son, and I felt really helpless. Um, and this was really hard for Beck, you know, and I felt helpless as a husband, as a man, to fix, to help my wife. Well, we made the decision to, to give it a crack and, and headed over to Melbourne, and it's pretty scary as a first-time parent as the docs wheel your seven-week-old baby away for an operation. We spent a week in Melbourne, uh, and then for the next seven or so years, we had to patch Zach's, Zach's good eye. Um, we had to hold him down almost um, probably weekly to either change the contact lens or clean it out or as a baby he'd, he'd rubbed his contact lens out and it might take a while to, to notice it and um, we'd have to insert a new contact lens and you know that that was really difficult really hard it's, it's quite traumatizing even because there's this baby squ- screaming um, but, and we had to do this over and over and over anyway this is not just my story um, and I need, I need some help so Zach why don't you pop up here mate Have a seat, buddy. Say hi to Zach, everyone. Hi. Say hi to everyone, Zach. Hi. We've got another mic- microphone there I can grab. You probably don't remember much of that, do you? No. no. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. Um, you know, from, from the start, I, was, I felt pretty weak and, and helpless in this, in this whole situation, but Beck and I decided to put our trust when we were weak, we decided to put our trust in God in this, in this situation. And um, believing that Zach would be in that 10%, you know, that would have a good, good eyesight at the end of the day. And from the start, from the very day one, there was a, a registrar at the eye hospital here in Launceston that would see Zach and, and do the checkups. And um, maybe a couple of years ago, one time, when he came in for an appointment and she's going through the routine checks and he's looking at the, the letters and reading them out off the chart. Um, she actually got a bit emotional and um, she even went as far as saying something along the lines of, you don't understand how amazing this is, this sort of stuff never happens. And Dr Ruddle, mate, he's, he was um, the doctor that sees you, he even said something to you once recently, didn't he? He said, I, I have had the biggest ever improvement in Australia. That's pretty cool, mate. And um, when people ask you, do you wear a contact lens, what do you say? Kind of. What do you mean? I have one, I've had one inserted into my eye. Yeah, so then when Zach was about eight, six or eight, I can't remember exactly, he had an operation to artificially insert a, a lens back in. So that's pretty cool as well. Anyway, strength fathering requires. You know, there was nothing that I could do in my own strength. Um, I wasn't strong and I, I actually found out how weak I was in the situation. And that's pretty hard for a man, it's pretty hard for a dad to deal with. Um, but Zach, Zach and I sit here with a pretty great story to tell, and that's um, testament to, to God's power. But that's not always the case, eh? Some of you here today have, have gone through something, or maybe you're actually going through something right now, and nothing good seems to be coming of it, it doesn't make sense, and there's nothing you can do. In, in some ways, that's no different than the start of our story, 
um, you know, it was really devastating and hard, and I was weak. You know, I didn't have the strength in myself to do anything, and to be blunt, I don't think any of us actually have got the strength in ourselves to deal with what life throws at us from time to time. Anyway, that's the end of chapter two. Thanks, Zach, for helping me out. Being Father's Day and all, mate, I just want to tell you that you are most definitely my favourite son. <laughs> now, us, us Aussie blokes, I think it's us Aussie blokes in particular, we, we like to think we're pretty strong and, and we don't like to show, show our weakness, do we? Here's another little story for you, Kukran. You know, earlier this year, men, mental picture, I had this little lump starting to go to grow on my thigh here and it was getting bigger and I, was, I just did the old Aussie bloke thing, ah, oh, she'd be right, she'd be right, it'll go away. Anyway, by the time I went to the dock, there was this golf ball-sized boil that he had to slice open to release. Sorry for the mental image there. Anyway, the point is, us, us fathers, blokes, brothers, sons, grandfathers, us men, we think we're pretty strong. Well, I say, I say we're not. At least we don't like to admit it. We're not ready to admit it. But, you know, these are just a couple of my stories here this morning. I want to introduce you to a few of my friends, some of, some of your friends. Because I believe, whether you want, want to admit it or not, and this is just not for the men, this is for everyone here this morning, that we're all weak from time to time. And life throws at us stuff that we can't deal with. What has life thrown at you? What is life throwing at you right now? Oliver. Oliver's in my small group. We catch up on a Monday night. Ollie's got a story, just like all of us. What has life thrown at you, Ollie? Well, growing up, um, I didn't grow up with a dad. I didn't know my dad. Um, my fear is that um, I, may not, I may, might not be doing a good job as a dad. Um, for my four kids. So, for me, that's, that's my fear. Thanks, Ollie. John. John's in my small group as well. We catch up on a Monday night and you know, life throws stuff at us, doesn't it? And we're all weak from time to time. John, what's, um, how are you weak? What, what's life throw at you? Um, I have depression. I really struggle with it sometimes, and it distracts me from the joys of being a dad. And often, when it's hard, it makes me withdraw and just want to hide away from my family, and instead of allowing them just to love me the way I am. Um, Jake, where are you sitting, Jake? Pop up here. Jake was one of our strong men earlier in the pyramid, wasn't he? What's life throwing at you? What's life throwing at you, buddy? Um, I'm a single dad, and that's very hard at times uh, because I have to do that alone. But um, I've got a beautiful son, and it's okay to be vulnerable and. I love him to heaps, and I get to see him every second week, and that's better than nothing at all. Amen. Cam. Where are you, buddy? Cam Daniel. 
I think it's Cam's birthday today, is that right? Hey. Happy birthday, Cam. Thanks, mate. Cam, what has life thrown at you? Um, Penny and I have uh, really struggled having children over the last uh, 10 years now. Mm. Um, and there's been many, many miscarriages along the way. Mm. Um, it's left us feeling sad, angry, and mm. um, ripped off. Mm. Uh, but we know it's out of our control. And Father's Day must be tough. Uh, it does get pretty tough at times. But yeah. Um, yeah, I've got a lot of um, young kids in my life anyway that yeah. I like to be an influence to as a, as a stand-in dad. So. Yeah. <laughs> Go on, Cam. Um, Jono. Me and Jono work together. So we do life together five days a week. Um, Jono's just like any of us. Life's throwing stuff at him at the moment. And um, what's life throwing at you, Jono, that makes you weak? So six months ago, my wife Christine uh, was diagnosed with breast cancer. And, um, you know, some of the things that you're talking about earlier, sort of going into all the, all the doctor's appointments and all the nurses were providing all this care and advice. And um, I was just like the hopeless bloke in the room. Couldn't provide anything, mm. just a bystander. So it's really hard to just to uh, know what to do in those what situations. Do you, what do you fear? Well, I fear um, the worst case scenario sometimes, that yeah. she might uh, disappear and I'd be left with the children. Yeah. yeah. Kyron, why don't you pop up here, Kai? Kai's one of my best mates, and a lot of us know a bit about Kai's story. What's um, my son Leo um, got cancer and died, and I couldn't fix it, and I couldn't protect him from it. What you see here is just a bunch of blokes, just a bunch of mates. Some of us are fathers. Um, we work together. We do church together. And we're not always strong. You know, at times we're pretty weak, actually. We're pretty vulnerable. At times there's nothing we can do. But here's the thing, and this is, this is the point that I want to make here today. There's, there's two things that, that we all want to say to you today, two things. When we're weak... And when we admit our weakness, when we share our weakness with each other, when we're honest, that's when we can actually provide strength to each other. It says in Galatians 6.2, and I think it's going to be up on the screen, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you'll fulfill the law of God. Carry each other's burdens. Just like my father did when I was weak as a teenager, and just like us guys here can do for each other when we're honest. Um, we can journey through these times together and we can provide strength to each other. And secondly, and I, and I know this is the story of, of us, us guys that stand here today, that we wouldn't get through this life if it wasn't for the hope and the strength that we have in our Lord. It says in Isaiah chapter 41, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you. And I've got 1 Peter 5 here that says, Casting all your, cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. What an amazing promise, hey? So here's, here's the deal. The strength fathering requires and, and the strength that this life 
requires, it's, it's not strength at all. It's just strength to admit that we're actually weak and that we can't do it on our own. To admit it to each other and um, to admit it to God. And I want to make two invitations here this morning to all of us, not just the dads, but to all of us. Some of you have gone through or are even going through some stuff right now that you're dealing with, but you're dealing with it on your own. You're battling it yourself. And this morning, you need to make the decision to share, share your weakness. You need to stop carrying whatever it is on your own. And secondly, some of you for the first time need to make a decision. And that decision is to put your hope and your trust in Jesus in the one who has already promised to, to carry our burdens. And this is, a, this is a big step, but it's a step that some of you, you know in your heart, you need to make that step. It's a step that requires strength, but strength to admit that you're weak and you can't do this life on your own. And, and God's speaking to you right now. So whilst, whilst us guys are standing here before you, I'd just like us all to um, bow our heads right now together this is your your decision each of you and you already know in your heart what's going on and what you need to do and that's God speaking to you this morning firstly firstly if you need to share your weakness if you've been carrying something on your own you need to be vulnerable to be honest and to share your weakness with others I want you to raise your hand right now while all eyes are closed and all heads are bowed. I want you to raise your hand right now if you're identifying this, that you're, you're going through something, you're dealing with something. Thank you. Thank you for putting your hands up. Thank you. Thank you. I can see you. And you need, you need to admit that and be open with that and share that with others. This is the first step I'm asking for. I'm going to ask Kyron here to pray for you right now if we've got this mic. Just keep your hand up right now. If, you, if you've identified that you're carrying something on your own and you need to, to be open and honest and, and, and share that with others so that they can journey through this with you, let's pray right now. Yeah, God, we just thank you so much for who you are, that you are the strength uh, that we all need mm. um, and the, the strength that we lack. And Lord, we thank you for these people who are just going through things harder than themselves and God would you place alongside each of them someone that they someone more than one person that they can just bear their burdens with that they can share in each other Whilst we still bow our heads and keep our eyes closed, I'm going to make a second invitation here this morning. And if for the first time you know that you need to make this step to, to put your hope and your trust in Jesus, in the one who ultimately gives us all the strength to get through this life, maybe you don't know everything yet and you haven't got it all figured out, that's okay, but you know God is speaking to you. And now is the time right now to make that decision. I'd like you to raise your hand right now if that's you this morning. You need to make that decision. 
you need to make that decision this morning to put your hope and trust in Jesus for the first time. Thank you. See a hand up there. Thank you. There's another hand. Thank you. Last opportunity. If anyone, you know what's going on. Thank you. Thank you. It's a brave step. It's a brave step. You don't, you don't know. What, we haven't figured this all out yet. But you know that you need to take this step this morning. I'm going to ask Jono here to pray for you right now. So keep, put your hand up if that was you this morning. And we're going to pray for you. While everyone's heads are bowed and eyes are closed right now. Thank you. Dear Jesus, we know you're listening right now. Thank you for the hearts behind these hands, Lord. Yeah. Lord, we know we can be weak, we can be foolish, sometimes we're sinners and we need your forgiveness, Lord. Mm. Lord, we believe that you died for us in our place and that you prepare us ready for your presence forever. Mm. Jesus, come into our lives now. Take control of our lives, forgive our sins and save us. We place our trust in you alone, Jesus. Thanks, John. So the strength fathering requires, folks, the strength that this life requires, it's not strength at all, not in ourself anyway. But it's actually to admit and be honest that we can't do it on our own, that we need to do life here. We say together in community is what we call it here, do life together. And that ultimately it's, it's God who gives us the strength that we need in this life. We're, we're not a bunch of, might be a bunch of highly good-looking folk up here, but we're not a bunch of highly intelligent, religious, got-it-all-together guys. We're just being real this morning, and we're just like any of you. And um, us guys are going to be down the front here after the service. If you want to come and talk to us, or if you'd like us to pray for you, if you responded this morning, we'd love to connect with you. And, um, yeah, just come and have a chat with us if God has spoken to you today. Otherwise, have a great Father's Day, and um, we look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks, guys.